And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. He is Moe Dekeel. Dave DeFore is producing this one behind the scenes. We are going to start talking about the camp battles, camp previews we are most excited for. And so today we're going to go over three teams that had some uh, pretty interesting shakeups, some significant, some small, but leaves us with a lot of questions going to training camp. And let's start over with the Los Angeles Clippers. Mo, you're very familiar with that franchise. And they're interesting because they have like 11 rotation players. I mean, no, this team is deep, Jared. This is a very, very deep squad. The, you know, the additions of John Wall and things like that. You know, it's it's really interesting. Like, Kawhi Leonard hopefully coming back healthy. Paul George hopefully has a healthy season. And this team, they're contenders. If they're healthy, they're contenders. If healthy is the big part, right? You got to put that in bold, underline. Um, I don't know what else. Superscript. I don't know. You just got to put it in massive, massive ink. Um, but they're when healthy, this is a team that's going to contend for a championship if they can go. And they're just so incredibly deep. Why? Why are they so deep? Why do they why do they keep adding? Oh, because it's an arms race, man. Like this is the thing about the NBA. It's like you need to make sure you have depth. It's not just, you know, you saw it firsthand with the Celtics in the finals. Mm-hmm. Those guys faded. They got nothing from their bench unit towards in, in that series. And those guys got tired and fatigue cost them. At the same time, having depth allows you to kind of, people aren't going to like this, coast through the regular season. You know, you're allowed to make sure you're not overburdening guys with minutes and things like that. And teams are able to go into the playoffs ready to roll. And you have your guys a little bit more fresh in the playoffs and things like that. But again, incredibly deep team. One area they're not deep, though, Jared. They only really have one legitimate center. They got a seven-footer in Zubas who signed an extension. And then their other two centers are Robert Covington and Nick Batum, I guess. Well, they signed Moses Brown, who I like. But when they lost Isaiah Hardenstein, mm. like, you know, that was a big a big blow. But, yeah, and Moses Brown's is a project. He's not anything really more than that. Like, that's going to be the interesting thing, which I think them having that, and as you said, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, um, uh, which Morris is there? Marcus, uh, Marcus Morris. Um, who could play he, five? Those are their centers, you know. And I think it's telling in the sense of like, hey, they're gonna play small a lot, you know. And I think that's gonna be the most interesting thing there with what the uh, the uh, Clippers have. Yeah, I mean, Zubats, he only played, what, 25 minutes a game or so last year? He's not going to play more than 30. He's going to start games. He's going to be in there for specific matchups when they need him. But this is a team that thrives off of being small and having that defensive versatility, being able to space five out. And now they're getting Kawhi back. 
and it seems like Kawhi is going to start the season, although nobody really knows for sure. I guess we'll we'll see if he's actually there at training camp. But they, it seems like this rotation has every type of player, everyone that fits into every little type of role you could possibly imagine. There's just not a lot of guys here that are like that they clearly stand out above the rest as this is the perfect guy for you to to have as like a closing guy or in, in your starting lineup. But I guess it's like they can basically figure out what's their weakness on a nightly basis and plug in the guy that addresses that situation. Is that something that maybe that's effective over the course of the regular season because nights, you know, things change, opponents change, you have, uh, you know, different availabilities. But when you get to the postseason, you kind of want to have your core identity locked in. And this team feels like it has a very ambiguous identity right now. Well, I think the the beauty of it in having Ty Lu as your coach is more important in the sense of like they're he, just going to play who's rolling that night. You know, listen, it's going to come down to who's closing between Reggie Jackson and John Wall. Who's got it that night? You know, Ty's going to have those options now in terms of deciding who who can go. And and having those options, way better than going like, gosh, who is playing our five? Who is our closing five? They got so many. They got guys that can step into the role and things like that. The important part for, you know, Ty Lue and the coaching staff, though, is keeping the harmo the, the 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 harmony amongst the guys, right? And understanding, like, hey, if you're not closing, it's all right. Like, we got to win, and this is the important thing. It's going to get interesting in that area. I think ultimately, they will settle into a closing lineup towards the end of the season. I think we're going to see a lot of experimentation in the regular season, but towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, I think we're going to have a closing lineup, and I think Reggie Jackson is going to be the the starting point guard in that group because you're again, he's able to shoot able to spread the floor out a little bit more. And I think that's going to be the big part there. And we still don't know what John Wall is going to look like through an entire season. Yeah, I think even if John Wall is back to being himself, I think Reggie Jackson's still better than him. And Reggie's been a really clutch player for them, and they've really trusted him. They obviously don't need him to put the team on this back nearly as much as he did before now that George and Kawhi should be back. But so I presume Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be closing games. I agree with you that Reggie Jackson should be closing most of the time at the point. Who are the other two guys that you think should be closing most of the time? I, I think that's where it's a mix. I think they're going to play small for the most part unless they need a center, which is when Zubac is going to step in. And he's made a lot of improvements over the year. Each year he's gotten better. You got to give him and the staff credit for the development progress he's made. But I think they're going to go small. I think it's going to be a combination of Robert Covington, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris. I think those are the guys that you're going to be looking at kind of rotating in it's 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 that's what i would expect mostly for this this squad in terms of who's closing so do you think it's mostly going to be the bigger forward center guys filling out those other two spots as opposed to a luke Kennard or i no, not forget Kennard. norm powell i think is the main guy you presume would be closing it out yeah i mean norm powell's a guy gosh like they're so deep i kind of just forgot they had norm powell which is sort of <laughs> silly i mean like that's another dude that you add and and you're looking at them going like that's another dude that's probably going to be in the mix for the closing lineup. I honestly think it's just going to be who's rolling that night. Like, and, and you know, you're saying before, like teams are going to want to have their established identity sort of in the playoffs. Their identity is going to be whoever's rolling is going to be playing down the stretch. And I think that's something you're going to see a little bit more from Tyloo. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, let's shift on over to Dallas. They had a big loss this offseason when Jalen Brunson actually did walk to New York. They have Spencer Dinwiddie. They have Davis Burton, so they did bring in some other offensive firepower during the season, and they'll have an offseason with those guys. Their big acquisitions were Christian Wood, JaVale McGee. Both seems like those guys are going to start. What do you think of this new look Mavericks team? I mean, they needed the depth up front. You know, they got crushed on the boards against the Warriors in the conference finals. And I think that's the important thing. And, you know, everybody's making the big, you know, they lost Jalen Brunson. That's a big blow. Dinwiddie stepped up. But I think the thing we're not talking about as much as maybe we should a little bit is, hey, man, Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming back. And he was an important piece for the team two years ago before he had the broken foot and basically missed all of last season. I think that's going to be an important piece there for them in terms of making up for the loss of Jalen Brunson, you know, with him and Dinwiddie, if Dinwiddie can continue to have the bounce that he had after the trade deadline, because I don't think anybody's expecting him to have that Dallas Mavericks run that he had when he got traded there. But I think this is going to be an important thing. I think th- those guys can do just enough to sort of offset the loss of Brunson, I think, you know, to a degree. And and Doncic coming into camp in shape, man. Come on, Jared. You've seen him at the Eurobasket. He looks good. He looks real good. My pick to go to the win the Eurobasket finals. I don't know if anybody, you know, only because he's on producing right now. Dave Dufour picked the Serbian team and they lost. So my team's still alive. So that's the only I, I am literally just trying to rub this into Dave. This is only for me and Dave right now. Yeah, Dave just dropped an all-caps ha-ha in the uh, group chat for us <laughs> while recording. Uh, but Dave's not allowed to talk in this episode, so shut up, Dave. Uh, yeah, they, they're a weird team because the the main need, it seemed like, after last season was they, need, they just need more competent ball handling help. And they needed more size up front that could impact the rim. And, okay, like they did solve that. Dinwiddie is a solid playmaker. Tim Hardaway Jr., is in mostly a spot-up role and can do some isolation creation, but isn't really an on-ball playmaker. So I feel like they kind of are still a net neutral, if not even taking a step back, in the actual ability to help Doncic just find somebody to give him a break, actually making plays, which I feel like he's going to need considering he's playing this offseason. Like, he's not sitting around resting, rehabbing, and all that stuff from the season. He's playing right now. It's going to be a real slog for him to make it all the way to the end and make another deep run to the playoffs. But he's coming into camp in shape. I'd rather him be playing and the Mavs start off a little bit hotter than they have in the past, you know, the last few years for a bunch of reasons, not just Luca not being in shape, but injuries and things like that. You know, they've always kind of like seemed to have started out slow for a bit. We need to see them kind of step up and get going from the beginning. I think, you know, when we're looking at the playmaking, I think, you know, Tim Hardaway is not Jalen Brunson. Like, I, I agree with you on that. But when you kick it out to him, And on the second side, he can attack and make a couple of plays. I think we're going to see some of that from Dinwiddie. But more importantly, I think the Christian Wood being able to step out and shoot is going to open up the floor a little bit for Luka. And then you have a new role lob option for him in JaVale McGee. Like, I think 
I like the moves they made. I don't know if this means they're a conference finals uh, team. I don't know if they're going to make a, a another run like they did last season. It's just the West is so deep. But this is one of those things where I like the moves they made despite losing Brunson, and I think they'll be just fine. So do you think there's an inflection point here in camp of like who's going to start or who's going to close out games that's the most interesting to you? I think we're going to end up seeing Tim Hardaway Jr. starting. You know, with alongside Luca, and I think Dinwiddie coming off the bench because that's the role he had, and that's the role that he succeeded in. And I think that's something that they got to keep going, you know. And closing down the stretch, I think they're going to end up just going with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. down the stretch of games. I think that's going to be one of those things. I think I don't know if they're going to be able to go with Javale McGee and Christian Wood, so that does open up the opportunity to play both Tim Hardaway Jr. and Spencer Dinwiddie at the same time. So we'll see how that kind of plays out, but it's. It's going to get interesting, and every team's going to have that inflection point. So you think we're going to have Luca starting at the one, Hardaway at the two, DFS three, would Wood start at the four, and then McGee seems to be guaranteed to be starting at the five? I think that's probably what we're going to do, and then I think they're going to downsize throughout the course of the game with Wood going down to the five, McGee coming in later and replacing him, and then they're going to be kind of a little bit... Uh, smaller and i think they're going to kind of play it that way i think that's how i would anticipate them starting out all right well that's going to do it for us here on the daily ding we'll have more camp previews coming for you he's mo de i'm jared weiss dave dufour producing we'll see you next time on the Ding. ding ding